2: This episode of The Emma Gunn Show is brought to you in collaboration with Philips. Hello, hi, and welcome to a beauty special episode of The Emma Gunn Show and the series Natters That Matter with Philips. Natters That Matter is a series that opens up honest and transparent discussions around body and facial hair, how we view it, how it makes us feel, and how it impacts the way in which we present ourselves to the world to inspire true confidence both inside and out. Hair removal doesn't look the same for everyone. And in this series, we're championing individual choice, individuality and self-expression. The Philips Lumea has been designed for long-term hair removal. And because Philips believe that hair removal is a choice, they're keen to discuss the topic in a way that every woman can relate to and identify with. So in this series, I'll be speaking to Hernam Kaur, a motivational speaker and social activist, the psychotherapist and coach, Lee Pycroft, dermatologist Dr Sharon Wong, and the writer and columnist Rosie Green. And I'm especially delighted to open up the floor for conversations like this because I'm someone who has managed body and facial hair for as long as I can remember. A hormone imbalance in my teens meant I was shaving, waxing, plucking, and threading from a very young age because I didn't want noticeable hair on my face or body. It's an extremely repetitive pursuit because it's something that has to be constantly managed, but if you're a longtime listener or you follow me on Instagram, you'll know the game very much changed for me when I started using the Philips Lumiere and was able for the first time, not just to manage my unwanted hair, but also reduce it in the long term. But truthfully, it never occurred to me not to remove and manage my facial and body hair, which is why I'm delighted to speak to Hernam in this first episode of the Natters That Matter with Philip series, and how the choices around what we do with our facial and body hair look different for everyone, and why this is something we should celebrate and learn from. Hernam is a motivational speaker and social activist whose insights on choice and how those choices inspire positivity and self-expression are eye-opening and ultimately empowering. During this conversation, we discuss self-expression and why confidence comes from making choices that make you feel empowered, and who cares what anyone else thinks. We chat about her and arms choices around the Philips Lumaya and how just because she has a beard, it doesn't mean she doesn't use the device elsewhere on her body, and other assumptions people may make just from looking at her. She explains why she's so passionate about the mantra, my body, my rules, and how we can continue to move conversations around body and facial hair forward with understanding and acceptance. So, are you ready? The links to the Phillips Lee Mayer, the rest of the Natters That Matter series, and where you can find Hernam on social media will be in the show notes, but let's get to it. Welcome to the podcast, Hernam Core. how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you, how are you?
2: I am so well and so delighted to be having this conversation with you as part of the Natters that Matter campaign. And I know listeners will have heard this in the in- introduction, but I have spoken a little bit about my own personal journey with managing my body hair and facial hair. And I guess my journey was quite an emotional one and I'm really curious to find out what your journey has been.
0: Oh absolutely. I get, you know, Hair, body, hair, wherever on earth it is, um, it's personal to each and every individual. And um, For me, it was something that I found very difficult to sort of accept and embrace. And I can only understand that that's the case for a lot of people. So that's why I'm very sort of headstrong in talking about it very openly, having really difficult discussions about it, um, putting people in very uncomfortable positions where they have to hear what we have to say um, especially men when it comes to women and bodily hair mm. and um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm happy to just get into it yeah
2: okay so let's talk about your personal choice and where your journey began
0: Mm mm-hmm. um, So I have a condition um, called polycystic ovary syndrome. It's a condition that impacts one in five people with ovaries, including trans men, people that, you know, don't abide by like a gender norm, etc. So just anyone with ovaries, it's one in five people. Um, and it's a condition that not only impacts your mental health, but it also impacts Um, You know, the the physical state of your body as well, you know, irregular periods leading to a lot of pain, um, leading to infertility. Um, weight gain, weight loss, facial hair, acne. There's so many different things like diabetes, cardiovascular issues. There's so many things that come with it. Um, So not only was it that I had to sort of understand what on earth was happening to my face and my body with this hair, but then coming to realize that, hey, you're not actually dying of a rare condition because so many people struggle with it. Um, You know, then I had to sort of understand and sort of embrace the the medical side of it as well which was the hardest thing to do it was even harder than the facial hair I would say
2: okay in what way that's re- that's really interesting because I too diagnosed at the age of 17 with polycystic ovarian okay. syndrome after five years undiagnosed during which time oh. severe acne severe facial hair hair
0: loss weight gain I mean you know yeah. it Hair loss, absolutely. Um, It's really funny, though, because you can lose a lot of hair on your head, but then grow a beard. Like, my hair used to be, like, really long. It used to be really, like, thick, long, luscious, like, down past my bum. Mm. And now it's like, you know, it's thinned a lot. Like, it's falling out. I'm just like... Like, you can't, like, dear God, like, you can't be taking it away from here and then putting it here. Like, that's not how this works, you know? Um, but again, the, the body is such a mysterious thing. Um, and it's just one of those, again, it was just another thing that I had to sort of embrace. And, you know, the medical condition, first of all, the name itself, polycystic o- ovarian syndrome, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, when I first heard it, I thought, wow, like this sounds like a very rare disease because no one was speaking about it. No celebrity, bearing in mind so many celebrities now have come out about it. Um, but back when I was like 12, 13, 14, you know, you're learning about something that is so new. No one's speaking about it. You feel alone. And that's how I felt. I felt alone. Mm. Um when it came to like facial hair, the amount that I had bothered me, but I knew that women were able to grow, have facial hair because I saw it on like, like my mom, my aunts and sort of other um, women in the extended family, et cetera. So I know that it was the case. And some of my friends, even look, like looking back, like some of my friends even had a little bit, but the difference is I was busting with a condition where it's very prominent to sort of have it.
2: It's, it's so interesting. And I think the word that you use there is embrace. And uh, I remember being 17 years old, being diagnosed, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I would drive. I was so keen to get my driving license. Yeah. And I would drive to a beautician's and I would get electrolysis. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I, because I, I mean, obviously, I mean, what I love about your journey is that I'm guessing you had a similar experience to me. I went to a beautician's to go and get electrolysis because I um, was being bullied. It was it was yeah. noticed and I was embarrassed about it. So I wanted it to go away. Whereas yeah. you had uh, a reaction that's different, no less empowering. But I mean, it seems like it was one that really empowered you.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I spent so many years removing, um, you know, threading, shaving, waxing, Oh, waxing your face, it's, you know, you get thrown into a whole different dimension of pain because it was the most horrendous thing that I had ever gone through. Um, it's like I mean, being slapped, right? It is, You pay somebody oh, to effectively yes. slap you very hard multiple times
2: across the face.
0: With a very hot hand, like that's how it felt, like a really hot hand with something sticky, like something really messy on it. With the
2: same wax that has been used for legs and bikini line.
0: Oh, dar. Oh, yeah. And that. <laughs> fa- oh no. Oh god. <laughs> cleansed it many times since then, so I'm sure it's yeah. clean now. We're good. Um, but um yeah, like it was it was an it was an ordeal that I had to go through a few times a week and then I just got sick and tired of the pain because you know they never used to talk my skin back, like push my skin back. You know, I used to come out with um like scabs and skin, like bits of skin that had come off and like used to bleed and scab and blemishes and all that. So I was dealing with that as well. Um, you know, when you're sort of backed into a corner and you're being bullied horrendously for something that is just so natural to you, Um, you know, you can either go away and just embrace it or you can go away and just be like, I need to change. And that was my initial reaction. Maybe if I change, the bullying will stop. So that's why I started removing my facial hair. And, you know, then it was like, oh, she's shaving now. So she's definitely a man, you know, looking like Shrek and this, that and the other saying all sorts of things. So it's like, hmm, I'm trying to remove it and sort of abide by your societal norms even as a youngster and that's not working at the age of 16 at my lowest I was like you know I'm just going to embrace and see what happens Um, but believe you me it was the hardest decision I had made because so much more came from that Um, a lot more torment and now it just wasn't from people in my school it was like like the public as well because it was so prominent you could obviously it's on my face you could see it really well that I mean,
2: that as you say, it was very difficult. What what now, now that you're so far down the line and you you live it and you're you're a wonderful advocate of it, what was it, what would you like to tell yourself back then when you'd first made that decision, you were first getting those reactions from members of the public? You're what gonna be
0: you... fine. That's what I would say. Like you're you're gonna be fine. This is just a part of your Um, This is just a section in your life that you have to go through to now become the confident, the most confident part of you, you know, to be the most strongest, you know, to find that inner strength, to find that inner confidence and things like that. Like this is just something you have to go through because only from being broken can you mold yourself in a way once you do put your pieces back together of your life, you know, you can create something that's strong. Um, doesn't mean I'm always strong. That's not the case. I don't ever waver about my facial like, Oh, maybe I should remove it. nothing like that. You know, I still deal with and have to struggle with a lot of deep psychological trauma that I went through as a young person. You know, it never leaves you just because you're an adult and you're supposed to be so-called mature. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say to my younger self, you need to swear more. You need to stick up for yourself more. Hey, people are saying crap to you anyway. So you might as well just hey, use your mouth, give it back. You know, if they give it back to you, well, at least you stood up for yourself, you know. Um, That's what I would say. But again, like, I had to be broken. I had to be sort of bullied to the floor. And, you know, I had to hit rock bottom to be able to sort of put the pieces of me back together the way I want to, to be able to now create an adult that's this.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's such a wonderful story. And again, it is so empowering that you, when you talk about being broken, I think... We're, we're, talk, we're having a conversation essentially about managing body hair and how it's a personal choice. Yeah. But actually the impact, I, and I think maybe for anyone who's listening to this who doesn't necessarily maybe have a huge amount of body hair or doesn't have to manage it necessarily, actually it can be quite debilitating. It can have a really intense impact on your mental and emotional health as well as obviously the physical manifestation.
0: And do you know what? I remember someone actually put up a post on Instagram, and it it baffled me, right? Because, you know, we are talking about hair. We're talking about something that's so natural. If it wasn't supposed to be there, it wouldn't grow, you know. But again, we do have the choice, a personal choice, a freedom of choice to be able to remove it, if that's what you wish, you know. But I remember reading a post where this person was basically upset that they didn't have bodily hair. A woman, so she was upset that she didn't have bodily hair, and that she was left. She felt left out as a young person, like when when her friends were talking about, oh, I went to Boots and I got this razor, and I'm gonna do my legs. And I, like she felt left out of that conversation. And the parallel, I couldn't quite understand it because I was like, God, if I was young and I had no arm hair and leg I'd be so happy. <laughs> the torment that I went through I would not have gone through it you Mm. know so part of me was like I was just baffled like you're actually upset that you didn't have bodily hair as a young person and you still don't have it as an adult because you felt left out of the conversation of hey I wanted to buy a razor hey yeah I shaved my arms and legs like do you know the amount of bullying that people young girls go through just for having oh, like you should you're so lucky <laughs> you're so lucky yeah
2: no, I'm, I'm thinking I mean I was a teenager back in the, the mid-90s and so things hadn't come on as well as they have now and the amount of things I would have to buy but they would blunt very quickly so you'd barely yeah. get one leg done <laughs> so yeah, you have yeah,
0: to buy yeah. two of everything you're walking around with like half a leg done a uh, three-quarter length skirt. <laughs> do you know what just I actually, the knees? Yeah, I actually remember um, a girl in my, like when I was in primary school, I was in year six. And this girl basically said to her friends and I overheard it. Oh, you know, just um, all you need to do is buy a razor and shave up to your knees because boys aren't going to look above that. Like, you know, when you wear a skirt, like, boys are only going to see below your knees. So just say shave like below your knees, like and no boy's going to see. And in my head, I was like, that's actually a pretty good idea. But now that I'm older, I'm like, what the hell were you talking about? What the hell are you actually talking about? No boy. First of all, we don't shave our legs for boys, you know, none of that. You know, but to have that mentality as a young girl, when you're only like 10, 11 years old, like, where did you learn this? You know, who taught you this? Mm. You know, mm. why, why is your, how do you know to change your body for what a guy might see or to, you know, change your self-worth or whatever it is for the eyes of a boy that the hasn't yet, you know, whose voice hasn't even broken yet. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? it's so it's such a good point and it's why actually I wanted to
2: ask you about you are an advocate of self-expression and the idea when you were saying that about only boys will don't shave your legs higher than your knees yeah. because boys won't see it I get that is so at odds with what you stand for
0: Absolutely. I mean, to me, I really stick by the um, the phrase, my body, my rules, that I need to get it tattooed on me somewhere. I swear to you, um, because it is a quote that has, you know, shown me the way that I can liberate myself, you know, for, you know, the way that I want to adore my body. I can, you know, people's opinions don't really matter unless it's like, I don't know. A loved one that's concerned for me in some way shape or form if that that's fine any other opinions I don't really care especially when if it's about my body what I should be doing with my body you know how representing myself my body my rules basically is a way to stick my middle finger up at society without actually sticking my middle finger up at. I'm <laughs> yeah. um, telling people do you know what back off this is my body and I feel liberated whichever way I choose to adorn it and it's my right to do so and I and I really think that people forget like bodily hair is a personal choice removing it is a personal choice and your self-expression and what you want to do with your body that's that's up to you that's got nothing to do with anyone and if you're changing yourself or the acceptance of someone else well you really need to sit back and reevaluate your self-worth and sit back and question yourself why am i changing certain thing about my body for the approval of someone else is it because i don't accept myself is it because i don't accept that so-called quote unquote flaw like you know where where's the self-care where's that self-love that i should be building for myself you know because it's so easy for us to change ourselves for the likeness of others But we don't actually sit down and like ourselves, if that makes sense.
2: It makes complete sense. And actually, it kind of it's making me think about the fact that when I was growing up, I'm making myself sound like such a dinosaur. (laughs) um, When I was growing up, it was all about fitting in and actually being an outsider and was was about being excluded. And about all, I mean, all I desperately wanted to do was fit in. I wanted to like the same music as everybody else. I wanted to look the same way as everyone else. Because I just, I didn't want to be an anomaly. I didn't want to be different and looked at and pointed at and bullied and laughed at.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's still, to be honest, that's still the case with a lot of people, you know, have the latest trends, latest shoes, latest garments, latest phone. you know, and the, this is not just adults, this is like youngsters thinking that way as well, because, you know, I wasn't, when when I was growing up, the internet wasn't all that of a big thing, you know, now it's massive the internet is forever growing there's always going to be a new app that sort of comes up out of nowhere that children want to be on you know doesn't matter how many times they say only over 18 is allowed you know people will fake their age just to get on a nap because it's the coolest thing to do and their favorite celebrity is advertising it you know so we need to be very careful in what we show and teach the youngsters and i always speak to my cousins about you know, things, you know, that happened to me when I was growing up or, you know, I always ask them about their school and, you know, have you heard anything? Have you seen anything? Have you seen any bullying going on? Is someone hurting you? Like, do you have any questions? And I think being able to have open discussions like that in a safe environment and safe space is so important Um, because, hey, I'm not the last person to have PCOS. There's going to be a whole new generation of people that have PCOS and they're going to struggle with it probably a lot more than I did because of the Internet Mm. and people's perceptions. So I'm trying to do my, my all to sort of change this world in the smallest way, shape or form, whatever I can do with all my cells and atoms, you know, really trying to, you know, just create some sort of change. I think what I really
2: appreciate about what you just said is about this idea about if you're fitting in, how can you know what you stand for? If you're trying to align yourself with a model that everyone fills, you're not going to embrace your uniqueness. And there is something really liberating about that. And I wonder how you would advise others to become liberated or to reach that headspace where they feel liberated enough to do what they want in spite of whatever noise or nonsense they hear around them.
0: I mean, it's not the easiest thing, especially when you're, because what you what you hear, your mind registers, you know, what you see, your eyes register, you know, what you feel, your heart will register. And when you're up against TV, magazines, um billboards you know celebrities promoting certain things and influencers and tiktokers doing all this that and the other you know these are all being registered up here your heart your mind your eyes that's what you want to attain because you feel like that's the truth that's the the way to go it's the way to get all these following follow followers sorry and um the way to get all the money is to promote this and look a certain way but i feel like if you were to find your niche and you were to find something that you can connect to, or that you truly connect to um, and actually understand it as a part of you and something that you shouldn't diminish and something that you should actually celebrate, because, hey, people are unique and why can't we celebrate that? Um then you will open yourself up to a whole new world of people that probably feel the same way as you, but are too scared mm-hmm. to stand up because they're also faced with people that are trying to diminish them and, you know, what they're about. The amount of people that I that came to me saying things like, oh, when you grow up, you'll probably live in a one-bedroom house, you know, doing illustrations for books or, you know, just living a really quiet life and just, you know, living within your own shadow, in a corner and working from home. And that's the total opposite of what my job is right now because I am on everything, <laughs> like I'm very outspoken. You know, I can't draw, so hey, the illustration job went out the window. <laughs> um, you know, people really trying to put me down. You know, no one's gonna marry you. No one. Look at the way that you look. You, you know, you're not really a woman. You're not really a man. I'm like, I'm an I'm an experienced baby, and an experience that you'll never have. You, I'm an experience you'll never have, baby, trust me. So you can keep on saying what you're saying. But that's the thing, like, people's insecurities, they will always put those insecurities on you, you know? Mm. And for me, it was it was always about the way that my body looked. It was always about the facial hair. Even now, you know, oh, you do your eyebrows, but you don't cut your beard. I'm like, first of all, my eyebrows are naturally fleeky. Like, I haven't done my eyebrows since I was... 13 14 years old yeah no not good I just know how to wear makeup that's all it is (laughs) I just know how to wear makeup you know but then there's a thing of oh yeah but you you shave your arms and you shave your legs you know um well why can't I you know why can't I where where where's the rule book on life that says if you shave your arms you 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 know you have to shave your face the funniest thing is a man can grow his beard out a man can shave his beard but keep his leg hair Mm -hmm. right now change it forget that I'm a woman for a second change it to a guy because a guy can um what's it called shave his beard go clean shaven go stubbly sometimes but then you know keep his leg hair or his arm hair or this that and the other does that make sense Mm. like we don't put all these um we don't police a guy's body but we will police a woman's body because of the hair that she adorns you know oh this guy keeps his chest hair but he shaves his facial hair like uh well, no, actually, it's his choice. We never ever say anything to them. Don't mm-hmm. you dare say shit to me because I've got a lot of things to say to people that are like that, and I'm I don't back down at all. Like, I'm very headstrong like that. Like my body, my rules. You go off and do whatever you want with your body. You keep me away from it. It's it's
2: such a it's such a powerful stance, and I know that it's not been easy for you to get there. But I want to come back to something that you said a minute ago because I do think there's probably this misconception that because. You have, and I don't even know whether you would say this is the right uh, vocabulary around it, but if someone says, Oh, you've
0: embraced your facial hair, is that accurate? Embraced it. That's like going, Oh, you've embraced your arm, or you've <laughs> it. like it's something that is so natural, mm-hmm. you know? It doesn't just because I've kept my facial hair, it doesn't mean that I haven't embraced the hair that grows on my legs. You know, Mm -hmm. when I, if and when I let it grow out, you know, Mm -hmm. it's got nothing to do with that. It's just me being me, my body is art my body is for me to explore you know it's for me to explore before anyone else gets to explore it it's you know the way that I like to adore myself it is a part of self-expression and I'm happy with it you know my beard looks amazing on me my crown looks amazing on me hey if I grow my arm and leg hair out it looks amazing on me I don't do it for anyone I don't know mm-hmm. do if people It is a personal choice, and I think people forget that. It is a personal choice, and we have the right and the strength to be able to make that.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. That's com.
0: Decision. But the worst thing is, I can understand men. I can understand men coming at me about certain things, yeah. But what really grates me is when women come at me about it. Now that, that is what pushes my buttons. Like, how dare you? How dare you, as a woman knowing all the stuff that women go through in regards to societal norms and beauty standards and things like that come for another woman about the choices that she makes about her body hair or her body in general that's Mm. what really gets me yeah i
2: can see i could completely see that and i think i'm trying to sort of counsel now but i think it's it's just a projection of their own probably I would never be able to do that because fundamentally yeah. I'm not brave enough. I'm not brave enough to walk around and show that I'm, it's my body, my rules. I'm going yeah. to play by
0: someone else's rules,
2: perhaps. I don't know.
0: Well, absolutely. And a lot of people's insecurity comes from the fear, comes from not understanding, comes from the unknown, you know? Like for a lot of men, for example, especially like I get a lot of backlash from my community. It's like, how dare she be this be this very strong empowering woman that looks different and stands up for her rights and other people's rights and raise awareness about things that impact the lives of people in society be so outspoken be given a platform you know raise a platform create a platform go on tv be on billboards do all these magazine covers whatever the hell it is how is it that she can do it and still carry her head up high you know Mm. it's that it's is you know people being very intimidated people not understanding their own power so how on earth do I expect them to understand my power people don't know themselves you know people don't understand themselves people don't love themselves so how can I expect people to love me god no I can do whatever's in my hands whatever's in my power to create a change um and if people understand that people understand that if they don't well hey it doesn't connect to them that's fine you Mm -hmm. know but people who are ready to understand will be open enough to sit down and have awkward conversations and very uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. And that's what I value more than people that are there to mock.
2: Yeah, I also think there's um, something probably worth mentioning is people be not really knowing how they should speak about it. And therefore they say something clumsy yeah. And they're worried that they're going to get cancelled. Like, I, I've asked you, is it okay to say embraced? And you've said, well, no, exactly not. Would I embrace my arm? But I think yeah. some people might want to have a conversation with you about it, but would be so worried that they could say the wrong thing and would offend yeah. you. Does that happen?
0: I understand that. But I'm the type of person, depending on, like... Um, see I'm very cheeky with it right (laughs) because depending on the conversation I'm having with someone and if I know that they're quite banterous and they can take banter and heat from me then I'll play with it but if I if if the other person gets really offended quickly or they're going to get if I know that they're going to get upset then I'm like okay this is going to be a serious conversation right now so um you know a, a guy can approach me and be like oh so what is what is that? And be do this. Like what? I'm like, sorry, excuse me. What are you talking about? You know, this, I'm like, what do you mean this? Like, you know, spit it, like trying to get them to spit it out, like really toying with them, really making them uncomfortable. And I love doing that to men. Oh, men, especially, I love making, I love intimidating them and I love making them uncomfortable. I really do come at me. I dare you, you know, and it's, I toy around with it because sometimes that sort of breaks the tension you know yeah. she's actually all right she's all right to speak to I'm sure if I say something she's not going to get offended I'm not easily offended I've heard everything and everything in in life so I don't get offended easily but I love to toy with it um but then other people they can be quite reserved and just just don't know how to approach me about it and I'll have a conversation but a part of me is just like why do I need to keep on educating like why can't you just know that this is just what it is. It's hair, It's she's grown hair, like, you know, why is it something that needs to be questioned? But because the societal norms are so strong right now and the influence that people have and the beauty standards and the, you know, the images that are portrayed out there, people would rather put you in a box so they can understand you. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. People aren't understanding their own lives and their own worth and things like that. So they'd rather bring you down, you know? Um, and a lot of it comes from a lot of it comes from fear. You know, you're not going to get up and do something for your life yourself, so you're going to tarnish someone or try and counsel someone that's actually doing something for them. Mm. It's an interesting point. Do you? You mentioned
2: something a little while ago. Where we were talking about the way in which you have facial hair, you have fleeky brows, which we're very excited about. Listeners, I can actually see them, and they are incredibly fleeky. <laughs> Um, but you've talked about shaving your arms and, and legs. So Ooh. there is, I guess, this misconception that because of your facial hair, you don't manage, an in inverted commas, your hair anywhere else.
0: I mean, of course I do. Of course I do. I mean, I mean, it's such a stereotypical thing that men tend to say about women or just people in general. Hey, in the winter they just, you know, let themselves go for the warmth of hair on their body and things like that when it's cold outside. Do you know It's actually true. I do. I don't care. (laughs) I'm not going out anywhere in the winter. I'll let myself let it grow, let it grow. (laughs) Absolutely. Why the hell not? Like, I will do it. But again, it's a personal choice. Like, I, I can feel empowered with arm and leg hair. I can feel empowered without arm and leg hair. I lived for so long by just you know, keeping everything intact. And one day I just woke up and I thought, hmm, I wonder if I will still love my body the same if I was to get rid of something that is so natural to it. And I started by shaving my legs and I thought, do you know what? I actually feel the same. (laughs) I feel the same, just a little bit smoother. That's all it is, you know? Um, It's not that the relationship with my body changed um, in some way, shape or form. Yeah, it might have, but I still adorn my body I still love my body you know that 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 there will never go like I still value it I still have value for myself and I understand who I am as a person but again like your body is there for you to explore embrace and just create art with so why wouldn't you Mm -hmm. now this brings us quite neatly
2: actually to the conversation around this actual device this Lumea. now Mm -hmm. we've discussed your position on body hair and facial hair now, I come from the school of I would like to be as smooth as a dolphin from the eyelashes down. Like, that's just, yeah, that's just where I've always come at it from, if you like. Um, so, and you also have um, obviously the Lumea device. And how does that support the choices that you want to make?
0: I mean, when I was a lot younger, I was way too young to get sort of any sort of medical treatment done to sort of remove the hair um, in a sort of semi-permanent way. I was way too young. Um, so I grew up just shaving and things like that. And with that, shaving and waxing and using various hair removal creams and bleaches, oh. that, came with its, that came with its own issues. Oh, bleach burn is a thing. Wax burn is a thing. Right, razor burn is is a a thing, thing, right? (laughs) Um, so first of all, I think you know, speaking to you before as well, the the standpoint that the company has in regards to body hair is a choice. If you Mm. wish to remove it, um, here is a device that may help you. If you don't want to, you don't need to use it. If you do want to, um, use it you know we're not saying you know you have to use it all, all of your body you know it's a choice on where you use it and I think what stood out to me is the word choice mm. you know, preference um, and things like that and I really felt like how my stand on sort of you know bodily hair and things like that really connected to what um the message is behind the machine you know like I it's not like just because I have it it doesn't mean I'm going to use it on all of my body I just might just use it on my arms yep I might just use it on my legs again it's a huge choice that you can make for yourself um and I know a lot of people can be very um divided by it because they think that my my message is all about just embrace yourself this is very important what I'm about to say actually. Like to be able to say it very publicly. Um, I think it's very powerful because a lot of people think I'm all about embrace your body the way that it is. That's not my thing. Right. Maybe years ago when I first came out into the public eye, you know, um I've come a long way and I've learned a lot of things just because I talk about self-love doesn't mean that someone's going to wake up and be like, I love myself now because her mom says love yourself because people go through decades of trauma. And that's very selfish of me to say, you know, it's a hard journey to be on. So when I was um, a lot younger, just being like, yeah, just embrace yourself and you'll find self-love. That's the worst thing that I could have said. You know, my thing is, is, The word choice is so powerful because how can I, as a woman, turn around and say to another woman, embrace your bodily hair? How can I say that? Knowing full well the trauma and the atrocities that I had to go through. How dare I say that? You know, I'm strong enough to deal with it. Another woman might not be. You know, another woman might not be strong enough to deal with it. How can I turn around and say to another woman, you know, just love yourself and you'll be fine. That is not my message. My message is if you want to embrace the way that your body is, embrace it for yourself. You know, Mm. if there is something on your body that you truly dislike, you truly want to change, you truly want to just do something about not because of the opinions of others, not because of whatever it is, because you want to do it, then that's something you can do, you know? But if you're removing your hair or you're changing yourself for the opinions of others, then you need to sit back and take a look at yourself and understand the relationship that you have with your body. That is so huge. And people forget that. It's so easy to build a relationship with someone else. The hardest thing you can do, the hardest thing that people do is try to build that relationship with themselves. You know, my message isn't embrace yourself and you'll be fine. God, no, people struggle. People go through trauma. People go through self harm and suicide. How dare I say that? How dare I say that? It's a choice. If you want to remove it, you remove it. If you're removing something for the acceptance of others, then you need to really understand the relationship that you have with yourself.
2: Mm. And that's really powerful.
0: Yeah. It's the, it's the saying, isn't it? You know,
2: how can you love someone else if you don't love yourself? I paraphrased yeah. one of my favorite
0: people. <laughs> I mean, I get it, you know, that again, but that doesn't mean that someone that doesn't love themselves shouldn't be loved by other people. Of course they should. Mm-hmm. But it's again, it's just a journey in life that you go through, you know, you know, understanding who you are, what your purpose is. I'm all about that. You know, what is your purpose here on earth? You know, what is it that you're here to do? And I think once you come to the point in your life where you can understand that it's really liberating, mm-hmm. um, But I, you know, we can't force someone to be a certain way. It's always a choice. It's always their own right to be a certain way.
2: Actually, one of the things that's so brilliant about the practicalities of the device is how you can schedule your treatment. So it takes all of the sort of stress out of remembering. Have you found that?
0: Absolutely. Um, Especially because I um there's always something or another going on in my day there's always I always need to be somewhere always need to do something so the fact that I'm able to sort of schedule or get a reminder on my phone through the app um you know that hey it's time for your treatment or it's time for you to use me um I, I think that's really um that's really important it's really helpful but also the skin sensor as well yeah. um so I remember when I first tried it out, I had to put the the device on my skin, and then it the then it would pop up with a number of what number or um, what. Setting. It's the
2: intensity, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Intensity. That's it. Like what intensity the you know the machine should be on, um, you know, when working on a certain part of your body. I think that was really helpful as well. Um, yeah, it just and plus it's so easy to use. I won't lie, I was a bit scared at first because I've never ever used anything like it, so I was petrified. Um, but it's so easy to use, like no pain whatsoever, and you literally just follow the app. That's all you need to do, people. Just follow the app. I know what you
2: mean. The first time I ever got one, I was so I was so excited to sort of rip rip it out of the box. Yeah, I just but then i was terrified to actually press the button and it was only when i started using it and actually there's really i don't know if you saw this but in the instructions it actually says it's not supposed to hurt if it hurts just lower the intensity take it down and i think that's
1: really
0: nice i mean i've never used anything like it so i remember first my first ever experience i used it without like shaving or anything so i had like stubble there yeah, and when I used it, my brother was like, "What's burning?" I was like, "I think <laughs> my legs burning," um, and I realized that the light or the flash, whatever it is, it has to—was it penetrate to the root or something? So it's beneficial for you to sort of remove the hair first, so it can go real like deep into like the root in your skin. I didn't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah so the intense pulse light is basically attracted to the pigment in the hair so that's mm. why if you have a contrast between your cut the color of your hair and your skin the bigger the contrast the kind of the better the result or the sort of okay. better it might work so to speak so I always think of it as you shave off the top of your hair and it's like a, a fuse or a wick yeah. and it's that's a really efficient way of getting that intense pulse light to be able to essentially put the follicle to sleep
0: I told my mom. My mom was laughing. She was like, "You do know you need to shave." I was like, "I was like, I'm 30 years old, and my mom's teaching me about how to shave and what to do and things like that."
2: But do you know what? I think that's the most intimidating part of it. It weirdly is. I mean, I think nothing. I shave my face all the time, a because it's really it makes my uh, face feel smooth. I think yeah. it's great for my skincare absorption, and also because mm. I use IPL on my face all the time, so it just makes perfect sense. But it's the only. I was thinking about this the other day. It's the only form of hair reduction or hair removal if you like Hmm. where you have to actually shave the hair so you think about waxing you think about threading everything else you just like go in as you are doubly (laughs) with this you have to prepare and the preparation is kind of the counterintuitive act of shaving
0: true but I think it I don't know I guess it just works a lot better I mean I don't I don't want to be walking around burning (laughs) yeah no shaving is the way to go (laughs) yeah I think it's um I just think it works a lot better um and I've had no issues with it whatsoever but again like I'm just I'm just happy that I've got got it there if I choose to use it you know and if I don't I you know I don't then I can go back to shaving or whatever else but I'm just I'm glad I've got it there just in case I decide you know what I actually want to use it now um and just see how it works with me it works with my body etc
2: yeah it is fabulous that it gives you so much choice.
0: Absolutely. Yay to choices.
2: The conversation has come a long way. Like, thank goodness there's been so much <laughs> progress in perceptions and acceptance and the change in cultural narrative around mm. body hair, facial hair. We see it more and more in a way that we probably wouldn't have seen it before. How would you like to see the conversa- conversation move on next?
0: Very uncomfortably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we need to put more people in very uncomfortable situations. I think we need to hit up a lot more people um, that are high up in certain brands and have difficult conversations with them. You know, I think we need to start calling out people that are still portraying the norm in society and, you know, portraying it and advertising it as the right body to have. Um, I think yes we have come a very long way I still feel like there's so much more that we can do I'm just to be honest even being on this podcast right now and being able to speak about it um, it's just it is incredible it's powerful within itself because someone will listen to it and something in their mind might click you know something I don't know there might be a message in there that connects to someone they might think do you know what yeah if I want to shave something I can shave it if I don't want to I don't want to you know um you know the whole thing about building a relationship with yourself I think that's very powerful Mm. I wanted to ask you as well,
2: because it seems as though there are definite parallels between what we've discussed today about body hair and facial hair, and also the body positivity slash acceptance slash confidence movement. A, yeah. There's a lot of it going on and they have, and there's definitely been a huge amount of progress there also. Yeah. Do you think parallel?
0: Um, I see it, um, but I still feel like, Hey, You know, you can be plus size, but only plus sized enough, you know, Mm -hmm. or hey, um, yeah, we need a dark skinned model, but she better just be dark skinned enough. You know, you can only Mm -hmm. be. I remember um, this plus size model who has millions and millions of followers turned around once and said to me, yeah, you're not plus size, but you're also not skinny. So I don't think you could model like skinny skinny, but you don't really fit into the plus size range just now so you're sort of just on the line sort of thing I was like first of all everyone, everyone wears clothes so I can model whatever clothing I want to and hey even if I did want to model there's handbags I can model there's makeup I can model children, or perfume so many things so it's a thing of you know yeah, we're going to celebrate your difference, but your difference should not be too different that mm-hmm. it puts people off because, hey, we still need to make profit, you know? And I remember there was a company that um, they had a beautiful woman uh, with really big lips and the following of that company, they lost a lot of following, a lot of people stopped buying their product, et cetera. Um, and I think to myself sometimes, why are these brands... Why are these brands not actually doing the right thing, but only doing thing for the profits? like why are you so afraid of losing a racist profits or profits from a homophobe or profit or profits from someone that's that's openly hateful towards people that are different? you know so there's still a lot of a fear um within these companies. Um, but I think when you do the right thing you feel a lot more liberated you feel a lot better about yourself and I think it's so you know we're not all the same and people need to be able to realize that there's a space for them in this society and that companies and brands that we're actually paying into actually support us back Mm -hmm. it's a good point well made now
2: as we come to the end of our time together what are your final thoughts for someone who may have had their eyes and ears opened by this conversation
0: Wow. I would say, do you know what? Just be happy. Oh, just be happy. And that is the most easiest thing to say, but the most hardest thing to do, especially when you're hearing about all the horridness that happens to people that are different. But to sit down and understand who you are as a person and the changes that you're here to make and all the lives that you impact, you know, just sit back and be happy because regardless of what will happen to you, you know, you've still got that aura about you that's positive, you know. Mm-hmm. Be kind to yourself. This world will change you, change you. I want to change you fold, tenfold, whatever it is, you know. Just take time out and be kind to yourself and all the things that people want to change about you, it's got nothing to do with you. It's all about their insecurities and our differences are what makes this society flourish. They really do. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we are needed on this earth to make this earth what it is, you know, and sometimes we forget that. So that's why I say kindness over self-love every day, all day. You know, it's the most powerful thing that we can do. And, you know, let's stop being hard on ourselves because we're doing our very best, especially in this, you know, COVID realm and pandemic, this, that and the other. We're just doing our best. We're trying our best. Um, And whatever you choose to do in your life, in your body, that's your choice. No one else is. No one else should have the power to change you.
2: What a beautiful, beautiful place to end. Uh, Haram, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found that conversation useful in steering you towards the choices that will empower you. The links from everything we discussed will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. The links to the Philips Lumia will also be in the show notes and it's where you can find any further information about the device, how to use it and payment options. If you'd like to carry on the conversation, you can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram where I'm at Emma Guns. Or if you'd like to discuss choices around hair removal with thousands of your fellow listeners, then click the link in the show notes to join the Facebook forum. You have to answer a couple of questions and agree to the forum rules. But once you're in, you can join one of the many conversations going on right now within that lovely community. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one.